My name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast and a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. Two quick pieces of housekeeping before we start today's episode. Uh, Firstly, uh, keen listeners will notice that today's episode is a slightly abridged version, a little bit shorter. Um, Unfortunately, we had some technical issues, which meant that some of the recording from Pete Brown didn't work out and we couldn't include it in the show. You'll hear reference to his book that is coming out in June at the end of the episode, and I'll make sure that there's a link to that in the show notes. Secondly, uh, as of this week, Cabin Fever is moving to one episode a week instead of the original two. So you'll still get your episode every Tuesday, but unfortunately, there'll no longer be a Thursday episode. But I hope you'll still keep listening. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. I'm delighted to be joined on the latest episode of Cabin Fever by my next three guests, two of which are returning, and for one, it's the first timer. Uh, first timer is uh, J- Zach Johnson. Um, deputy editor at Uprox Life and podcaster. Hi, Zach. How are you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm happy to be here and drinking a beer. <laughs> happy to have you. Uh, we're joined by uh, Joe Stanger, uh, managing editor of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine in the US, co-author of the Good Beer Guide Belgium and good friend of mine. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, good, Owen. And last but not least by Pete Brown, another returning guest this evening. Uh, Pete is an award-winning writer of books like Miracle Brew, uh, Hops and Glory, and many other wonderful books on beer, food, and cider. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? I'm not bad, thanks. Good. Um, as we usually do on the podcast, uh, the first thing we're going to do is just go around the room and ask everybody how they're doing and what are they drinking. Pete, maybe we can start with you. How are you doing and what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm coming up to two months in lockdown now. Uh, we tried it before it was cool. And uh, I'm drinking... Whenever, last time I was on, I got really... Um, nostalgic for belgian beer styles so <laughs> i haven't got a belgian beer but i've got apophenia by lost and grounded which is a very creditable attempt to triple interesting i had a triple brewed here locally made with kvike yeast last weekend oh wow uh, yes exactly uh, if you'd have told me it was a triple on a blind tasting i wouldn't have believed you <laughs> um <laughs> and joe uh, how are you doing and what are you drinking uh, i'm drinking water very exciting um, mm. Nah, it's, I've got to do a, a grocery pickup, a contactless grocery pickup later, and I got to drive a car. Uh, not to mention, you have to get back to work after this. It's only two o'clock here, so um, so that was yeah. yeah. I'm like pretty uncool right now, the teetotaler, but uh, I will definitely we'll forgive you. Have a beer later. Been drinking a lot of KC beer lately. Joe's based in. Can I call it the Midwest? Is uh, oh, definitely the Midwest. Missouri-ish. Yes. Okay, um, so it's lunchtime there where you are. And uh, Zach, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing very well. I'm actually drinking a uh, Augustina Hell. Uh, I got my Augustina glass and I got my bottle here. Uh, I'm been keeping it pretty light and easy just because I don't want things too heavy. I don't know. It just makes a lot of sense. I can drink a lot of it and not you know, fall over, which is good this time during this how, whole thing. And how are you doing? I'm doing well. I sort of am very busy with work, uh, which I'm very lucky to be. Uh, but also, mm-hmm. my wife just went back to work, so I'm homeschooling the kids during the week while I'm trying to work. So that's been fun. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I am well. And you're still based in Berlin. Yeah. I am. Yes, I'm permanently based in Berlin. Been here for yep. 12 years now. And how is Berlin right now? What's the feeling like there at the moment? 
Um, they just had May Day protests and celebrations and whatnots, and things are slowly opening back up. Like the, the salons and barbershops opened back up today. Kids went back to school. Well, some kids above sixth grade went back to school. Um, I don't know. It's uh, everybody wears masks in the grocery store now. Um, it's uh, tentatively opening back up. I'm not sure. Uh, it's sort of everyone I feel is kind of like on eggshells, but we'll see, I guess. And I mean, the the prevailing narrative in the media, at least, is that Germany has handled this pretty well. Does it feel like that on the ground as well? Yes and no. I think professionally, uh, in the medical side, they handled it very well in that um, they didn't overreact. They just looked at the science and used that. I mean, it helps that our, you know, the, our chancellor's a physicist um, or former phys- physicist. Yeah. People, on the other hand, I mean, you know, I, I didn't go out very much for about a month, but when my wife would take the boys out for their nightly bike ride, you know, there'd still be people out all over. So, and that's only increased in the last weeks to the point where, you know, the cops are having to break up parties and things like that now. Um, and it's sort of, but that's the yeah. um, central European thing is spring hits and the weather gets nice. People are just sort of programmed to go outside. And uh, for those who are not listening, you and Joe once co-hosted a podcast together. A podcast which was, ironically enough, all about um, uh, the best beer cities in the world. How, how much are you missing that itch to travel or how much of an itch to travel do you have right now? Uh, I'm missing it quite a bit because my job for for my work at Uprox, I usually would travel somewhere about once a month. And that has been completely taken out of my job description. So I'm very much getting kind of cabin fever, for lack of a better term to uh go but i'm I also i'm not going to travel until it's safe to do so so i just have to take my lumps and move on i had big travel year plan to begin with for work but then that's all been canceled and also there's not the ability to go anywhere at all um you know because the borders are still closed here for lack of a better term um germany's saying they're not going to let people travel till june 15th the very earliest which is a long way away from may 4th so yeah, it's but it's also I'm fine. Like I can live without travel as long as I can work. I can't complain because it was a luxury anyway. So I shouldn't complain about not being able to travel. And Joe, um, when we spoke to you last, you were sort of juggling the the editorial work of the magazine and the kids um, who are working from <laughs> the kids aren't obviously working from home. They're studying from home. How's that? How's that? How's that balancing act going for you right now? Oh, it's fine. It's not so bad. The kids are starting to sort of manage themselves a little bit more. And uh, there's a part of me that's also stopped caring about their schoolwork. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's just uh, as long as they're doing something and learning something, um, uh, I, you know, I, we can't be over their shoulders checking on everything, you know. So, yeah, uh, but the magazine works. Yeah, the, the magazine works going well, though. We're always busy we just got done with the uh the, the lager issue and i'm very proud of that one i think it's the best one we've done and uh, pack f- full of geeky details on lager brewing and recipes and things we're working on the uh, the next issue now of our brewing industry guide which is okay. going to be you know sort of a very special edition because it's you know in the covid era so we're looking at issues uh with obviously the difficulty that a lot of these breweries as small businesses are facing 
um, taking care of the workers, taking care of their customers, uh, quickly pivoting to you know curbside and delivery, um, and then issues like uh, now it's the laws are changing in some places for so that they can send beer directly to people's doorsteps, which is pretty new here in, in, in most states. And they're finding out that it works just fine. And why didn't we do this all along? Why was that yeah. illegal before? It didn't really need to be, you know, it was kind of protecting an entrenched system that didn't need to be there. Uh, yeah. And then the issue, the bigger story I'm working on right now is about reopening, careful reopening. How is that going to look? Uh, and a lot of breweries are, are facing that decision now that, that states like mine and Missouri is officially open as of today. Yeah. And officially today, a brewery tap room could reopen today if it wanted to. I haven't found any that actually are because they're scared. Uh, and also things are, are going well enough with to-go beer in, in some cases that to open a tap room where you can maybe have, you know, a third of as many people safely uh, and then have to work out some kind of reservation system. Are your staff going to be wearing masks? You have to remove all the board games and video games because that's a surface that everyone's going to touch. That All that kind of thing that people are have to, have to really take some time to think through. You really can't blame anybody for not opening right now. I also wouldn't yeah, blame course. anybody for, yeah, for, for deciding to open. If you're a small business and you have to survive, you, you, it's going to be, we're getting into a, I think the early days of the pandemic were, there's a little bit of public shaming going on if people were out and about. And I think these days we have to maybe step back from the judginess and, and uh, understand everyone's going to have their motivations if, if, if they are going out to the barbershop or, or you know, reopening uh, their little bar or restaurant that, you know, I, I look at the data and I don't think I would, I, we're, we're not going anywhere for a month or so personally, no, but no, uh, I wouldn't have if, thought so, you know, but I, I just, I think that uh, I can't really blame a business for, for giving it a go and then seeing how, you know, seeing what happens. Do you think there's going to be sort of a shift back to like the garage brewers so they can like have like a smaller community again, like you saw in the seventies when it all started or is it, are people, cause I mean, a lot of these breweries aren't going to make it, but the equipment will be there. The desire will be there. Like how do you, how do you feel it is on the ground or what do you sort of see since you're in there? Well, we are going to lose a lot of smaller breweries. Um, we're going to lose a lot of brew pubs in particular, I think. Um, but, you know, so far, I haven't heard about very many closing. Um, and if things do start to pick up slowly, it might be that they can kind of hang in there. As far as the garage brewing thing, I'm not sure. Uh, I do know that home brewing for sure is ticking upward. Uh, a lot of the homebrew shops are very busy right now. Um, and the, uh, the homebrew manufacturers are the little companies that make the brew kits and stuff and sell ingredients. They're, they're doing okay. Um, but, uh, and I think they're, they're doing pretty well as well as they have in a long time. Just like people are home doing sourdough bread. There's some people who are home brewing beer. <laughs> and I, I, honestly, that's one of the things that's been keeping me going, you know, every yeah. couple of weeks I fire up the old Sabco brew magic and, and, uh, try something else. And it's been great fun. And, Trying to tweak it, get the recipes where I want it. It's it's fun, um, and then uh, you get to drink beer at the end. I was just going to say, uh, but one important question I have for you: that lager issue was that the sole reason why you became managing editor of the magazine, so you could do that because and indulge yourself in, in your favorite, you know, German lagers. Uh, you know, I wouldn't forget Belgian beers either, Owen. Uh, <laughs> I uh, 
I don't know. It was really fun issue to work on for that reason because um, we just kept having these ideas, even late, you know, getting toward the print deadline. We suddenly, with about a week left, realized, wow, we really have to have something on Italian-style Pilsner. Mm. Uh, And so I I was able to, which is a big, it's a trend here in the States anyway, basically dry hopping uh, a Pilsner. And uh, but with noble hops, not with fruity hops. That's that's a key uh, trait of this style. Yeah. I was able to get August, Agostino Arioli from um, uh, uh, Birificio Italiano on the phone, mm-hmm. and we spoke about the beer and what what makes Tipo Pills what it is, and uh, and and then we got Matt Brittleson from Firestone Walker, and he's because he, that beer is what inspired his uh, Pivo, and so um, to sort of really break down, you know, we went to the the OG original source material and, and, uh, and we even got a recipe from, from Italiano. So, uh, it's pretty cool to, uh, to really like dig into the nuts and bolts of something like that and then be able to share that with, uh, you know, thousands of brewers. But something that's sort of a theme on the, on the show in the last sort of month that we've been doing it is how people who work in the creative sector, which is what I would call you know, writing and most of us here or all four of us here are writers one way or another is how this current situation to use a euphemism I've been using all too much, um, has affected that creative process. Zach, I mean, how is that working for you? You said you're quite busy with work now. How is, how are you finding it in terms of generating ideas or putting stuff on paper? So basically I'm very, yeah, I'm very lucky in that my work is pretty much stayed the same, just been a little bit more of it because we were trying to get more stuff out. And uh, so, yeah, I write a lot about whiskey and beer to begin with, and that hasn't changed. So basically it, the biggest thing that's changed is it's now, now I'm talking more, a lot more about like, Hey, you can get this delivered. This is what it tastes like as opposed to, Hey, you might find this at the bar. That's the biggest difference is sort of that perspective. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's 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 pretty much par for the course of you know I'll, I'll do uh, you know uh, I wrote about tequilas over the weekend because Cinco de Mayo is coming up you know and then instead of it just being like hey find these tequilas when you go out and party this weekend hey you can get these tequilas delivered you know <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise I'm good when it comes to work it's just uh, you know just finding those little nuances that make it still relevant without panic yeah 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 and have you have you have you have you a place in mind that you sort of have high on your hit list once uh, you can get back and travel again? Yes and no. I mean, I think if I'm being completely honest, it's probably going to be somewhere in Germany and keep it, you know, close mm-hmm. to home, do a road trip, maybe go to a couple breweries in the south, uh, something like that. Uh, I don't know about getting on a plane again. So <laughs> whenever that's possible, I'm, I have a plan to go to Kentucky and do the bourbon trail. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. And uh, yeah, that's 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 the only thing I really want to plan now. It's like something something local and you know something for work, something for me, something for them. Yeah, I, I was yeah. Well, that's always the way, isn't it? I was um, I was sort of dreaming that um, I might fly to Greece this right. summer because you know Greece needs Greece needs all the tourists it can get, and you know I need all the holidays I can get. But then I had to reassert my my flight of fancy and say to be honest i don't see myself getting on a flight now before yeah before next year yeah, i'm i'm not sure i it would have to be something pretty important for me to get on a flight 
Um, yeah. Um, something that we always like to do on the podcast, because we're getting close to to the end of the show right now, is um, to give myself uh, as host and the prerogative um, and the guests to note or remark upon anything that they've seen or felt or experienced in the last couple of weeks of lockdown or quarantine or whatever the situation there is. Um, that's either encouraged them, you know, a good good side of humanity they've seen in the current situation or something that's really irked them, whether it's just in their day-to-day living or something on social media that they've seen. Um, I have to say I've had a good a good weekend. I started cooking again, which is um, uh, cathartic and meditative and all of that. I know I have some friends who hate cooking. I have to say I love it. Uh, so I got the baking books out and um, some of the cookbooks out. We also have a rule in this house as of 2020 that if we don't use a cookbook in the calendar year, we have to junk it. So I'm furiously cooking in, cooking recipes from as many books as I can find um, right now. My wife is very concerned that she won't get to throw anything out. Um, how about you guys? Is there anything um, that you've noticed in the last sort of week, 10 days? Plenty of irritations, but... Um, I, I, I will choose to focus on the positive, uh, which is um, on the street outside, there's just a lot more sharing in our local community. Um, so whether that's WhatsApp groups, then being supplemented by people uh, talking to each other. Um, I found out a few uh, months ago that I live literally around the corner from Lily Waite, um, uh, another brilliant beer writer. Mm-hmm. And she she's brought us jam. Uh, that she made herself. We've given her uh, a scoby to make kombucha. Uh, someone else brought round some madeleines, and Liz, my wife, is giving out froze, rolls of frozen cookie dough that you can just kind of cut off and uh, and put in the oven. So we've got this lovely interaction, uh, mainly based around food and drink, uh, but just people giving stuff, making stuff, and giving it to each other. And I really, really hope we carry some of that on uh, after this is all over. It sounds sounds like a delightful little North London enclave you've got going on there. Yes, it is. And obviously, it's completely North London cliche. Um, uh, I've managed to get a, a fantastic sourdough starter <laughs> up and running. It wouldn't be an episode of the show if somebody didn't refer to their sourdough either <laughs> explicitly or elusively. Anyway, what about you, Joe? Anything um, in the last uh, couple of weeks or even since we have spoke since we spoke to you on the last episode that you've remarked upon? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, it's been... <laughs> It's been nice in a way, in a lot of ways, to be sort of stuck here on the farm with the family. And it's led to some creativity. Um, I saw the other day, Boke and Bailey, for, they did a little Belgian make-believe weekend. Uh, yeah. And we, we did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the it was like it became this big family project that was three weeks in the planning. We Of course, we did, you know, mussels and frites and... and uh, the requisite we made water zoe and we planned a whole basically a whole weekend of food um but then also my father-in-law planned a train ride out to the ardennes which is probably easier to do in missouri than it is in the ardennes actually not a lot of trains down there um <laughs> no i was just thinking yeah uh but it, it, it was basically a hay ride i mean we got an you know the tractor pulled the trailer out into the woods he hid a little a little shoof-like gnome out in the woods and, and the kids had to try to spot it. Of course, we stocked up on loads of, you know, uh, whatever Belgian beers we could find locally, which some of the bigger names, Saison Dupont and San Bernardus and stuff, and and just drank ourselves silly and 
fried up frites at two temperatures and just it was a really nice time. And I think we would never have done that if, you know, if it was our normal schedule where I'm traveling a lot and, and uh, Kelly's gone a lot and, and her parents too are busy all the time with busy social schedules. And it, uh, besides our sort of regular daily Ooh. happy hour uh, at a, you know, after work or so, then this was like something else that's, you know, it's sort of the forced family bonding time and we're not killing each other yet. So I'd say it's overall like pretty nice. It's all right. You know, and Zach, what about you? Anything that you've remarked upon that's positive, negative that you've seen in your life in the last couple of weeks? It's been very neutral. Is that okay? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> of I mean, course. I, I have to be on social media all the time for work, so I get overwhelmed with the news and negativity. And so I try to just, I, I got to keep a balance to that. And the way I balance it is cooking. Yeah. Joe can tell you that uh, I cook a lot. I got a pizza stone for the oven finally. Oh. Uh, with a proper pizza peel, we did like a Neapolitan pizza dough with a like 24-hour cold ferment, and that was a highlight <laughs> because it sort of brought the family together. You know, we all topped the pizzas, and everybody, you know, got to be part of the action as opposed to just me in the kitchen on my yeah. own or me and, you know, the kids are in their room doing their work, and I'm in at my desk doing my work, and so it's sort of, you know, it's nice to, sh- we, we try to share things in food, and also it's springtime in Berlin. Which means asparagus and strawberries and rhubarb and all the seasonal spring products are available and fresh. And so I just made a rhubarb strawberry crumble today, which is very springy. We had asparagus with dinner, you know. So it's nice that we get a sense of you know time moving forward, and you know there's still a bit of you know solace in the fact that you know we can go out and get good food that's fresh and seasonal and make it part of our lives. Well, that sounds that sounds really good, and yeah, I, I second you that cooking with the kids is a really it's a really nice activity, and it really distracts them. And actually, when they when they when they join in, I don't know if you found that Joe and and Zach, they generally are more likely to eat it if they've actually had a hand or a part in it. For sure, yeah, for sure. Just to jump in on the point that uh, everyone's making about cooking, um, our uh, sphere of influence has changed in that we're, we're getting supermarket deliveries on about a fortnightly basis <laughs> and then you kind of have to look at what you've got in and i've got a you know uh oh what you were saying about cookbooks i've got the river cafe green cookbook which i've had for over 20 years and it just survives the cut every time we come to clear out mm. cookbooks and it's and if i've completely rediscovered it this time because uh as you were saying zach it's a it's organized uh by month and what ingredients are there each month and so we're getting our groceries it's like okay we've got a load of cavalo nero this week so let's look at the cavalo nero recipes and i'm completely getting to this ingredient-led uh thing rather than just okay let's go off and uh try something crazy you know it's really quite wonderful yeah i feel like it also sort of it, it puts you in tune a little bit better with your surroundings. Like this is what's being grown around me right now. Absolutely. Is, yeah. You know, and it, it's got the sun in it a different way. And it, it, it's, it's, I, we do the same thing in uh fall, you know, when the pumpkins come and, you know, and the corn comes in, you know, we'll be having pumpkin corn chowder, you know, once a week sort of thing. And uh, it's nice then too. But uh, yeah, it's just, Fantastic. I know it, it, it's a, it's a little bit of, I hate this word, but a little bit of normalcy and uh, you know, very, topsy-turvy world no absolutely absolutely and it's a bit of normalcy that we can quite easily grasp onto as well isn't it 
<clears throat> All right. Um, I think uh, we've tried to keep this going long enough. Um, I'll just say that I, uh, I was drinking throughout the episode a bottle of Rouge Ardennes from Brasserie Minna, formerly Brasserie de Bastogne. Nice. A really wonderful brewery for Maloney. I know it's, it's actually, I've had it a couple of, couple of times now since the new year and it's really impressed me. It's a sour ale, they say, in a Berliner Weisses style, but it's, it's just fantastic beer. And unfortunately, I was due to go visit there uh, the opening of their brand new brewery this month. And obviously that's another thing that has fallen victim to the virus. Uh, but I think that's it for now. Uh, before we go, um, this is a chance for you guys to say where people can find what you're working on at the moment. Zach, maybe uh, if you want to say where people can find what you're doing at the moment. Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at ZTP Johnston or ZTP Johnston. Um, the handle's the same on both. I post up food on Instagram, and well, I used to post up travel there too. And on Twitter, I post up all my articles from Uproxx Life, where I write whiskey, beer, food, a little bit of travel too. <laughs> um, I just wrote about the national parks starting to reopen today in the U.S., so travel's starting to come back a bit. Um, you can go to uprocks.com to find me, Zach Johnston. And yeah. Perfect. That's and, and Pete, uh, what about you? Can anybody pre-order the book already? Not quite yet, but probably in about 10 days' time, that's going to be a possibility. So I'm um, I'm blogging weekly about how the book is going at petebrown.net. Uh, and next week or the week after, I'm going to be launching a Patreon, Patreon uh, and doing various different things through there. Uh, sort of book launch events, that kind of thing. So stay tuned at petebrown.net to see more, more stuff from me there. And I'm Pete Brown Beer on Twitter and Facebook. Perfect. And what about you, Joe? Yeah, uh, keeping very busy over at beerandbrewing.com. Uh, and also, you, we mentioned it earlier, but the um, the podcast that Zach and I did, you can check it out. Look it up. One more road for the beer. We have a, several episodes there on the bank, and you can go give it a listen. It's fun stuff, especially you know, if you want to daydream about traveling right now. So I, I'm the only person. I'm the only person here who doesn't have their own podcast. Then, <laughs> and, and today, today well, I got fix a that. delivery of uh, a state, a, a very nice studio quality mic and headphones to record the audio book of my book. So uh, I'm going to start a podcast and get you guys on as my guest. Sounds and, good. And the circle and the wheel turns. <laughs> I can, I can definitely recommend Joe's podcast, particularly, as he said, for a bit of escapism. For us, I think that's it for today's episode. It's been really fun talking to you guys, uh, Joe, Pete, and Zach. Um, as I say to all my guests, take care of yourselves, stay well. Um, I look forward to sharing a beer with you at some point in the future. But for now, uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe and we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time. <laughs>